0: The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station.
1: Raising Einstein, your host Tara Kennedy-Klein is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the Queen of Accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your
0: Host, Tara Kennedy-Fly. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome to the show. I am so excited about not just today, but the entire month of June because we are celebrating Dad Day all month long. You know, I have this whole thing that I do, you know, I, I deal with a lot of parents in crisis and families in crisis, and I do a lot of parent coaching. And one of the biggest problems that I see is moms who struggle um, because they feel like they're alone. They feel like they're doing this whole parenting thing by themselves. They feel like they're a single parent, even if they're in a relationship. And one of the things that I really try to to express to them is just because your kid's dad is doing it different from you doesn't mean they're doing it wrong. I know that there's a lot of dads out there that are a little harsher than maybe as women and nurturers that we would like. Um, A lot of times when you see things on the internet about extreme discipline, if it's defending the child, it's typically the mom, if it's disciplining the child, it's typically the dad and then we'll put it out there under under a microscope for everybody to judge, blame and shame everything that they're doing and a lot of what we're seeing lately is shaming behavior, you know, dads putting their daughters on the corner with a sign around their neck to shame them or, you know, dads shooting up laptops and, you know, it's all kinds of crazy stuff that we're seeing, but what we don't see enough of is the great stuff that dads do. So what I wanted to do this month is I wanted to bring in some of the great dads that I have gotten to know through this work and um, through that have messages to share and books to share and all kinds of great information and tools and tips to give you, because I know that a lot of who listens to this show is moms. I get that. And here's the deal, ladies, we're all in this together. You know, it took both of us to make that kid. It takes both of us to raise that kid. And unless that kid is getting hurt, physically emotionally mentally by another by the other person we kind of have to let them do their thing and teach them and guide them to be their most brilliant best selves so with that I am so super duper excited about my first dad day guest this month um, is a gentleman by the name of Keith Zafran and um, I met him kind of through uh, posts and things like that that he had on facebook and and um, ads that he had out for people who do radio shows like me but i had the unique opportunity to actually get to know him when i went to a media summit recently in new york city and he's just such an extraordinary guy i mean he he has this whole thing called the great dads project which hooked me immediately um, he's a fathering expert and a coach But he's been inspiring dads for 28 years, from executives to inmates, those are his words, um, to become the father their children need and want. And he's founded the Riverview Church Community, and um, he is a founding board member and fatherhood trainer for the Prison Entrepreneur Program, which I think is amazing. Um, You know, I, I believe very strongly that we need to do work. With incarcerated parents and connecting them to their kids because studies are showing that 65% of children of incarcerated parents will become incarcerated themselves at some point in their life. That's a staggering and sad statistic. So, thank goodness for people like Keith who are doing that kind of work. So, without further ado, hello, Keith. How are you today?
2: Hello, Tara. What a tremendous introduction. I'm doing well and I appreciate being on your show.
0: Oh, absolutely! I wouldn't have it any other way. What a great way to kick off an awesome month of celebrating dads!
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm so appreciative of what you're doing. It's a wonderful thing to celebrate this month. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So let's get into this whole awesome thing that you do here, Keith, because it truly is awesome what you're doing. Um, you you have the Great Dads Project, which is absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I mean, I use the word awesome like five times in a row, but you know what? I'm not perfect. So, <laughs> so how you have um, you have in, a lot of stories to tell about um, dealing with incarcerated dads and, and visiting with executives and all these other things. How did that change the way you think about being a dad?
2: It was a dramatic period of my own life. For for six years, I had the opportunity of going into prison every month and spending two long days, six-hour days, with these, I would say, incredible and wonderful men. It was such a privilege because I had, you know, like so many of us do, I had stereotypes about the kind of guys, particularly the guys I was working with, were serious crimes, heavy drug trafficking and uh, rape and murder and were just very serious things, and I had no idea what to expect. I was very scared the first time I went in through all the, the gates and the barbed wire and the security and having to empty out your pockets and get searched. And, and when I got to know some of these men, I was amazed at the softness in some of these guys' hearts and many of their hearts, and particularly the guys who had children that they had left behind, many of them either had abandoned when they were incarcerated, or many of whom actually didn't even have a relationship with them before they were incarcerated. And these guys would show me pictures of their kids. They would talk to me about their children. They would talk about how much they missed them and longed to connect with them, and really had given up any hope of being a father to their children simply because they were in prison. And I began to realize uh, through those experiences and through my research, that child development researchers are beginning to show through various studies that it's not so much what we used to think that in terms of spending the amount of time that we do or even the kind of activities. There used to be what I sometimes refer to as that myth of the quality versus quantity time
0: mm-hmm. because
2: kids, what kids really need and what child research is beginning to show is that how close a young boy or young girl feels to their father is really what makes such significant impact on them, even up to 25 years later, these studies are showing. It's not so much how much time or even the kind of time they spend, but it really is about this feeling, this closeness that a child feels. And I realize that I can help these men help their children feel close to them, even though they're incarcerated. And so that's what we did. I taught these guys how to write to their children, how to communicate. Many of them had to rebuild some sort of relationship with the child's mother because right. uh, lots of these guys had multiple children from multiple women, to, you know, to whom they were never married, but they still wanted to reach out to their children. And it was beautiful. It was, I remember a little guy named Bobby Colombo who had two children, uh uh, I think a five-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl that he had left behind. He hadn't communicated with in years. And he started writing to their mother, telling her about the changes that were going on in his life and his desire to reconnect with the children. And she uh, allowed him to do that. So he began to write to them. And he would bring me these letters when I would come into prison. He'd say, look, you know, this is the letter I'm going to send. What do you think of this? And I would encourage him and I'd I'd uh you know, praise him or I'd give him a couple of other ideas and he'd go back and he'd change it and rewrite it. And he began to send these letters every week to his children, telling them how much he loved them, how much he missed them, how much he wanted to be a father to them, how he promised he would be when he got out. And it was incredible because both of his children started writing back to him. Ugh. And after about a year His seven-year-old, about eight-year-old daughter now, she started telling him, started praising him for the way that he was changing, for the good man that he is becoming. And he brought me these letters with tears in his eyes and said, look, look, you know, she's now (laughs) affirming me the way you taught me to do for her. She learned this from me. Wow. (laughs) Wonderful. And he's now, he's, he's released and he's back with his children. Spending uh, time with them, he gets them, you know, like a divorced father, he gets them uh, a couple of weekends a month, a couple of nights during the week, and he is so proud to be a great dad, which never would have happened if he and I didn't have the opportunity to connect.
0: Oh, my gosh. And that's so incredible, too. I I have to ask you, Keith, do you ever have to work with... Do you ever have to work with the mothers, like on the down-low? Because I can imagine a real mama bear mentality must go on there.
2: Yeah, it, it happens. Um, I had I had some opportunity to do that there. More opportunity outside of prison. The prison relationships are a little bit unique because uh, many of these guys just don't have a relationship with the mother of their children. Lots of them are either Never were married or have since divorced, and um, but I did have opportunity because in this program, the prison entrepreneurship program, one of the remarkable things that once these guys, those for those who did make it through the program, they would actually have a graduation ceremony in prison, and oh my gosh. we would get yeah we would get these guys caps and gowns, and they were so proud because about eighty percent of them had never graduated from anything in their lives. <laughs> And here they are, you know, wearing these caps and gowns, so proud, so excited. And the third time we did this, um, well, the second time was incredible because the, the prison actually made a huge exception and allowed the parents of the inmates to come in and witness the graduation, and we thought that was marvelous. But the third time, they went above and beyond, and they allowed the children to come, too.
0: Oh my
2: then, gosh! Yeah. So every graduation after, we had both parents and children sitting there in the audience witnessing, and then being able to hug and be a part of. And in uh, one of, the, I don't remember which class it was right now, but I remember the the class of valedictorian, you know, who had scored so well. It was, this was an entrepreneurship program, uh, ostensibly, and so they were doing business planning and taking business tests, learning business. And the valedictorian of the class who had scored, you know, the highest on his, on his test, he was asked to give a speech at the graduation.
1: Wow. And he
2: stood, he went up to the mic, he stood at the mic, he tried to compose himself, and he said, he said, my wife... And my 13-year-old daughter just up at the front, near the stage. Oh, all the geez, TVPs. we're going to go to a break, yeah.
0: Keith, but I want to get the rest of this story in. Oh, my gosh, this is driving okay. me crazy. Nice. Okay, talk okay. To you, we'll talk about it when we come back from the break. You have to finish it.
1: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Lori Hurley, the social networking navigator, helps you overcome your overwhelm online and makes social media easy. Every week she shares the latest and greatest about social networking and welcomes industry experts and end users of different social media platforms to share their experiences moving their business forward online. Whether you are a Facebook fanatic or a lover of LinkedIn, Lori has you covered on all angles of social media, including Twitter, YouTube, blogging, Google Plus, and more. Lori shares her knowledge and love of educating others on all things social media with relevant material, engaging guests, and hot tips and techniques to help you soar down the social media highway. Join her every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Social Networking News Hour here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein
0: hey everybody welcome back to the show i am just like you guys i love a good story and i got so wrapped up so um we're just going to kind of call that a cliffhanger (laughs) and hopefully um you're like ready Uh, keith i have to hear the end of your story so he was standing up at the podium and he was saying my wife and my 13 year old daughter
2: yeah so david Harmon is standing at the podium and he says my wife and my 13 year old daughter are here today and he says uh he looks over our heads because those of us who were the, in, the inmates were sitting at the front and those who are PEP staff, there's an entrepreneurship program staff and volunteers, and then behind us were the parents and children. So he, he looks over all of our heads and says, My wife and my 13-year-old daughter are here today. And he says, I'd like them to stand up, please. And so we all turn around in our seats and to see this woman and this 13-year-old daughter uh, the daughter especially reluctantly stand up and she just looks like she's going to die of embarrassment. She's <laughs> strains her red. She's trying to hide her face and it didn't faze David at all because he just speaks out and into the microphone says, he, he addresses his daughter and he says, Hey baby, he says, I just need you to know that I am your father and you are my daughter. And that will never change. I'm proud of you. I love you. And I think you're terrific. And I'm so glad you're mine.
1: (laughs) And there wasn't a
2: dry eye in the place.
1: Oh, my God. There
2: was not a dry eye in the place. And then (laughs) he leans into the microphone and he says, I learned that in here. (laughs) 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 And I remember... I remember sitting there in that audience thinking, oh my goodness, this teaching that I've done on how to affirm your children and how to love them through your words, I just thought, this is going to change the world, and this is going to change the course of my life forever, because I saw in that moment how incredibly powerful it was to see a father and a daughter reunited like that, and to see her change from this deep embarrassment to just bawling with tears and knowing that her father loved her, um, it, I basically discovered my life work in prison
0: Wow, how deep is that yeah. and, you know Keith, the thing that 's amazing is the, what i what I said earlier in the show um, about sixty five percent of incarcerated kids you know of incarcerated parents will become incarcerated themselves that was something yeah. that I learned through a program that I was doing with women in prison. And I mentioned something to them about fathers. Cause we were doing this thing called mother's voice where moms would, uh, schedule time to come in and read a book on tape mm-hmm. and then send mm-hmm. it home, the tape and the book to their child nice, so that the nice. child could hear their mom's voice. And I said, what is it that you do for dads? Cause I have a, a toy business and, uh, I said, what do you do for dads? And they said, dads really aren't involved. You know, once a dad's in prison, they're really not involved in their kids' lives. You know, if they had kids, they probably had them by accident, Um, you know, and they they really just don't – they're more concerned with themselves and their kids. And I thought, that can't be true. Yeah. You know, not – and so the work that you're doing and – the the affirmation that you're getting that what you're doing is valuable and important and vital and necessary and it works. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you know, I I just wish that every prison system in the United States could take a cue from what you're doing and duplicate it. And I'm sure you would like that too, but
2: <laughs> well, that's part of my part of my vision you know I want to bring this to as many many places as I can and train as many others as possible because it's not uh you know I learned in prison that these issues are not unique to inmates right. one of the one of the interesting parts of our program because it was a business training program when our guys got toward the end of their class toward toward graduation we actually have them do business pitches to venture capital panels, and we filled those panels with executives from around the country who would fly in and visit the prison for two days, sit on these Austin symbolic uh VC panels, venture capital panels, and judge the business plan presentation. Although, of course, it really turned into an encouragement time, but they would give them advice, encouragement. Uh, direction, but the founder of the program, is Catherine Rohr, uh, after a couple of classes, she said to me, you know, we need to save some of this fatherhood teaching, particularly the teaching about the father wound, yes. how those of us who have been wounded by dads who were not great dads, she said, I want you to do that with the inmates and the executives together, and we hadn't done that before. It had only been something I had shared with the inmates, and so the very first time we had what we called the uh, the men on one side of the room in their navy blue prison-issued jumpsuits, and then the men and women who had flown in as executives in their business suits on the other side of the room because prison rules said they couldn't sit together. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm sharing. I'm teaching from the front of the room. I'm sharing stories about the painful relationship that I had with my own dad who abandoned and rejected me, and then I'm sharing about my healing journey and about the fathering experiences that I have with my own three sons who are now 11, 13, and 15. Uh, they were younger at the time. And I heard weeping everywhere. And as I looked around, I realized it wasn't just the inmates, but men and women from all over the country, top executives dressed in their fancy suits, are sitting in prison listening to me tell my stories, and they're crying. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, these issues are universal. You know, it's not just inmates who didn't have great relationships with their dads. There are millions of us who wish that we had more from our dads than we actually got. And there are millions, as you know, millions of men and women who want to be better moms and better dads than they're equipped to be. And that's when I realized that I need to take this work uh Not only to more prisons, but outside of prison as well. That's what I'm trying to do now, Tara.
0: Oh my gosh! And it's such an important and vital message. And we've been talking about it so much um, within my community. Um, You know, we have a we have a Facebook community, and it's it's mostly moms. But it's so true that we parent from our own wounds. You know, we all do. And you know, if you're if you're Parenting from a really, really deep wound, you're almost paralyzed. You know? It's, yeah. You have a whole story about well, you were telling us a little bit about how you um, how you had a, a very strained and, and not very uh, warm and fuzzy relationship with your dad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um,
2: mildly.
0: Right. So
2: yeah.
0: how do you how do you overcome something like that, Keith? I mean, that's, well, that's not just w- a moment of enlightenment. That's like, that's no, a sure lot of work. <laughs> you
2: well, know? For, me, for me, it sure was. I mean, it was years and years of, of therapy, of reading, of talking with friends and father mentors. I I essentially had to re-parent myself and forgive my dad. And move forward. I had to grow up in a way that my own father never had. And I realized that through my own healing journey, that like so many men, I was an adolescent in a grown man's body. And my dad was the same way. Even though my dad had children, he had never, I'm not even sure he had become aware, but he had certainly not done any of his own healing work. And he had never really grown up. And I find that so many of us men are that way because we have not, I put it this way, Tara, I say that most of us men are starved for affirmation because we just didn't get enough of it from our dads. We long, like so many little girls, long to know that their daddy loves them. We boys, for the most part, long to know that our dads are proud of us. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what communicates love to us men. We want to hear our dad say, oh, son, I'm so proud of you. And many of us never got that. And so we're starved for it, even as adults. And we never grew up. We never had our dads, in a sense, call us into our manhood or introduce us to the world of men because many of them weren't there.
0: But what do you say? I mean, what I'm hearing from you, and we only have like another minute and a half until we go to our next break, but what no. do you I, – I really want to talk to you about – the that mentality, because what I'm hearing from you is that you men, a lot of men, are feeling starved for affection and affirmation and v- validation from their own fathers, but yet yeah. the way they're raising their own children is completely diametrically opposed and model to what you're saying. Like a lot of them are angry and dismissive and insulting, and I mean, oh my gosh, right. Keith. I, I just don't understand where that where does that divide come from? Where does that confusion from what yeah. I want to what I'm offering come from?
2: Yeah. Do we have time to get into that now? Or we, we only address have that a after minute. the break.
0: I think we're going to have to address <laughs> it after the break because we only have like a minute until we go to the next break and I'm thinking this is a really deep important conversation but one that really needs to happen because you know when i'm seeing stuff on the internet about dads, you know putting signs on their daughters and making them stand in public to embarrass them that doesn't scream to me a person who is seeking love and acceptance and validation that screams to me a person who's seeking control and almost like a, a a dictatorship mentality or a prison warden, for lack of a better term, I'm sorry, but like a prison warden mentality.
2: Okay. It may come from the same place because when we talk about this after the break, what I'm going to suggest is that we cannot give out of a vacuum. True that. So even, even though we are desiring to give and to experience something different, so many of us find ourselves repeating the very wounds that we experience.
1: Uh, I can't wait to have this conversation. We come back. Okay. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll. Identity, Tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school way of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture, curves, and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for masks. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at The Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo out. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are having a riveting conversation with my guest today, Keith Zafrin, who is the founder of The Great Dad Project. And I just, before the break, we were talking about um, how men who weren't parented um, in a way that was fulfilling for them or te- or educational for them, or um, they they don't seem to respond to their children in a from a place of wanting to give them what they didn't have. And I guess that's what's co- so confusing to women because we try to overcompensate, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like if we felt unloved, we are like I am going to give you every ounce of love that's in my body so that you never feel unloved like I did. And I don't feel like dads have that same response.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I can fully respect that perspective, Tara. I think what, because I think it's certainly based on experience and observation. And what I think what I would add from the male perspective, it, it's not always because the dad doesn't want to. And that's a key word that I think you just used. It's because he really has utterly no idea how to. Has not been trained to, has no skills. For instance, I was starving for my dad's approval, affirmation, affection, but I didn't have any other place to find it. I, I didn't grow up babysitting children, mm-hmm. taking care of anybody. You know, all I did was go out and throw my body against other guys in football and be yelled at by coaches that I wasn't tough enough. My, my, and I think many men's journey has, is very, very different than a lot of women who from an early age by culture are praised for being nurturers. You know, the, the babysitting analogy is just stereotypical, but I think women tend to, because of their nature and because of the friendships they have with other women, learn how to nurture learn how to give, and are praised for it in our society. And so they come often, in even if they had a lack of love and a lack of acceptance, lack of affection in their home life, I think many women do come into family and do exactly what you just said, Tara. They say, okay, I am going to give and give and give and make sure you get everything that I wanted and never got. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think there are a lot of men who... Even if it's not conscious, want that too. They want to, they want to be a better dad to their children than their dad was to them. But they utterly do not know how. And here's the other, I think, real rub that maybe many of your women listeners might be, uh, might be helpful to them. Because so many of us men are completely starved for affirmation. We become like affirmation junkies. We, we go where we're praised.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this, this is going to touch on some difficult topics, but the reality is that many of us men by nature are doers and fixers. And it's one of the reasons that a lot of men and women have trouble uh, in communication and relationship because often a woman will share and want her heart to be heard, which her girlfriends are very good at doing. And her man just wants to fix the problem. <laughs> right? Yep. And that's not, that is not helpful. That is not helpful. But the reality is that we, many of us men are fixers. We go to school to learn how to fix things and to understand how to do that. We get a job where we're trained. We get all sorts of training. And when we do fix things, whatever that is, we're praised for it. Mm-hmm. We're given, we're given financial raises. We're given bonuses. We're given titles. We're given new offices. We're given a car, And the reality is, because so many of us are starved for our father's affirmation, that just feels great. Because the boss, who is he? In many cases, another father figure, is saying to us, I'm proud of you. And it fills in some way that deep void that so many of us men feel. Contrast that for a moment, and this is why I'm very sensitive and I'm not, I don't mean to speak in stereotypes at all. Where there's reality it's web radio. Well, I think what happens in many situations, because many women tend to get frustrated that their man is just not showing up. He's not showing up in relationship, he's not showing up in parenting, at least not the way that the woman wants them to.
1: hmm
2: The way that often a woman who is frustrated will show that ends up not being helpful to the man because, remember, he's starved for affirmation. And when he senses criticism, disappointment, rejection, I'm I'm not honoring this. I'm not saying this is the right or good way to handle it, but what so many of us men do is we just avoid that situation
0: absolutely we
2: fight against it and so when i feel critiqued when i feel nagged when i feel criticized when i feel uh my wife is saying to me you're not very good at this Mm -hmm. or you're not capable of this or why aren't you better why don't you why i just want to say you know what i'm going to go back to work because at work i'm appreciated (laughs) at work i'm affirmed at work i'm getting kudos and raises and bonuses And what happens when I come home? I'm being told that I'm not adequate. I'm no good. I'm not not enough. enough. Yeah. And so and again, this is not a mature. I'm not I'm not praising this. I'm not saying that there's anything good about this. I'm just saying it is what it is, because so many of us men are starved for the affirmation of our fathers. We're gonna go where we think we're getting it.
0: So would and you say the-, the, affirm- the affirmation from your woman is good enough in that situation, Keith? I have to put that out there.
2: Affirmation from a woman is like a bomb to the wound. It's unbelievable how much power women actually have, if they know this, to just, I want to, you can say, conserve, or you could say manipulate, or you could just say help and heal their man. Because you could take those very same things that you're discouraged or frustrated about, and if you can just approach them a little differently, if you can start looking for the positive and praising. So when I speak to women, there are five things I teach them to do. And one of them is this, it's a firm in as a father. Because if you can find things, and I I challenge women, if you can every night before you go to bed, find one thing, just one, that you can praise your man for, particularly related to him being a family man or a father. And it can be as simple as, you know, it was so good to have you home tonight for bedtime. Do you see how happy the kids are when you say goodnight to them, when you come home before they go to sleep? and you kissed them goodnight on the forehead. Did you see how how Judy smiled and grabbed you and hugged you? You're such a good dad, and it's so good to have you home. Same message, but how different does that come across from saying, how come you're never home before the kids are in bed?
0: I love that, and that is completely in alignment with everything that we try to share, and here's my challenge question to you. Yes. So. So that same scenario, which I love because I'm all for finding the unique brilliance in people and celebrating them, right? But that same scenario, you don't know that dad walked through the door, and the first thing he does is attack your child for something that they did that they were very proud of. I had a client who right. the child made something and was so proud of it. And when dad walked through the door, he ran up to him and showed him what he had made. And the first thing that dad did was flip shit on him for using his good wood and his good screws. Right. Well How do you find the brilliance in that, Keith?
2: Well, of course you don't find the brilliance in that. What you do is you, you try to go about um, encouraging that man, trying to say, okay, what's happening? What wound you know, is being expressed here? And just saying, you know, you could say to him, honey. Do you know that when you when you spoke to our son that way? I don't know if you noticed, but did you see the look on his face? And to say, you know, he'd been waiting all day to show that to you, and you're right. He should have asked you, you know, you affirm and say, You're right, he should have asked, you shouldn't have used that wood. Um but the reason he was doing that Was because he loves you and he is seeking your affirmation. He needs you. And you are, you are and can be such a great dad. You might even say, I know that you didn't receive enough of that from your dad, but you know, you can break that cycle. I know you can. You can become a great dad, even better than you already are. You know, it's that kind of positivity that can turn situations like that around. But of course, you know, the natural thing of course is to blow up to say, Oh my God, do you see what you did? And <laughs> it comes across as criticism. Sure. It comes across as rejection. And all that does is say, you know, forget it. Then what's the what's the point?
0: Bad you know, daddy's but, home. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So valuable. That information, <laughs> that alone what you just shared that alone is worth the price of admission for me I mean that is gonna change the way so many people Because we wanna fix we wanna nurture and to know that we can nurture and fix instead of trying to condemn and correct and you know that I think that's a big distinction and I you know we only have 30 seconds until we're gonna go to our next break but I think that's a really big distinction to there is a difference between connecting and correcting yeah you know if you can look at someone and say you know what i understand why you did that and you're such a great dad are you open to some feedback instead of saying that was horrible and look what you've done to our kid when we come back we're gonna find out how people can get in touch with you and then we're gonna talk about your great dad challenge when we come back after this break.
1: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of La Abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible but probable imagine that you will meet guides, mentors and trusted friends who believe in you hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom the first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers Gail will show you how to believe believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage courage to live consciously fearlessly and joyfully and then know no, all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life she is here to help you discover believe and know so join gail your spiritual girlfriend every friday at noon eastern standard time only here on the woohoo radio network To this show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein.
0: Hey, welcome back to the show. We are in our last segment with an amazing guest, Keith Zafrin of The Great Dads Project. And, Keith, before we go any further, I really want to give everybody the all the ways that they can get in touch with you and get information about what you're doing.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Tara. Um, we have a landing page on the Internet right now. Our website is almost up. We've been working on it quite crazy for a couple of months, actually, uh, <laughs> So it should, it'll be live, I hope, next week. But it's the landing page and the website are the same address. It's www.thegreatdadsproject. Dads is plural. org. And they can reach me directly at keith, K-E-I-T-H, at thegreatdadsproject.org. The book I is available. Actually, we haven't even talked about my book, but the book where I've tried to put so much of what we've talked about uh, into one place for men and women. The book is called How to Be a Great Dad, No Matter What Kind of Father You Had. How mm. to Be a Great Dad, No Matter What Kind of Father You Had. The first part of the book, I teach men the three core fathering practices that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, how to be a great dad and the second half of the book is all about what well, we've been talking about how to heal the father wound. Mm. if you didn't have a great dad how do you become one wow uh, that that book will be available on the website and for now um people can just contact me directly at keith at the org if they're interested in getting a copy of the book
0: Absolutely. And and who wouldn't be? Because, you know, I was talking to somebody else about this earlier today. I find it so ironic and sad that we will spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars through the course of our children's childhood to get them coached on everything that we think is important. You know, if they, you know, you coach them in football, you coach them in cheerleading, you coach them in an instrument, you coach them in everything. But we don't Consider parent coaching valuable. It's almost taboo. That's sad to me. Mm. You know, if you want to become great at anything, you seek the greatest mentors in that arena and you follow them. You right. become a student of them, right? So, right. you know, none of us were born great parents. We just weren't. Um, you know, we either I had sure great was. teachers, right? No <laughs> kidding, right? And and yeah, I'm saying that like, no shit, Keith, you sure weren't. No, 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 I don't mean that. It's
2: okay, it's true, it's true.
0: But, you know, it's just like, you know, kids weren't born being great at the things that we want them to do. They were born being great at the thing that they were designed to do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I... teach parents to find out more about what that is so why don't we find out what we're brilliant at and put more of that into our parenting and then maybe we would become brilliant as well but I I really yeah. hope that people take the opportunity to get your stuff because it's it's fantastic so thanks, I Tara. don't want to run out you're very welcome and I just adore you Keith I really do I, I want to do like an ongoing segment with you because I think you're so amazing but oh, that aside <laughs> <laughs> um, okay that aside that aside, that's another show. But so you talked about these three core skills of becoming a great dad. Yeah. So let's talk about that.
2: Well, I've kind of mentioned them without naming them. Uh, but the three things that I boil all of this down to and try to help dads do with their kids, the first I call affirmation. Affirmation is just teaching dads to verbally and in writing to praise their children and specifically for good things we see in their character more so than their performance or their appearance, but to really look for, to study their kids, to find those things that they're good at, the kinds of things that you just were talking about, Tara. And then what so few of us dads are good at doing is actually getting that out of our observation and speaking it or writing it to our kids. So I teach dads, like I mentioned early in the program, like Bobby Columbo and the others, writing to their kids, even from prison, How do they write affirmation to their children? How do they speak it? So the first is affirmation, which really gives our kids such a great sense of themselves. It builds in them that positive self-esteem and identity that's going to last them and help them be successful their entire lives. Mm
1: -hmm. The
2: second quality is I simply call acceptance. Unconditional and unending acceptance. And I know this may be a struggle for some moms, but it is a struggle for almost all dads. When we disapprove of something, when we don't like the way our kids throw a tantrum, or the way that later in life the friends they choose, or the way they wear their hair, or the music they listen to, you name it. When we are not approving, we tend not to be accepting. And it's a huge key distinction that I think many men fail at. Our kids need to know, even when we disapprove mm-hmm. of something they've done, something they've said, a choice they've made, we still accept them. And so I say to my boys every single night, when, for instance, when I put them to bed, I'll say to them every night when I'm affirming them, I'll say to them also, and you know what, buddy, I will love you forever, no matter what And when there's Mm -hmm. something specific that has come up, like one of my sons, uh, my older son, has a real issue about lying. And I'll say to him, I'll say, buddy, when you lie to me, I tend to learn not to trust you. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. I do not approve of your lying. But you know what? I still love you. And I always will, no matter what. So I try to make that really clear to my boys that no matter what they do, even if I significantly disapprove, they are accepted. And the reason acceptance is so important for our kids is that's what teaches them they have a place to belong. They know they're always welcome. They know they always belong. And they don't have to go and find that belonging somewhere Mm -hmm. else in the arms of another man, in a gang, in another situation that's not going to be healthy for them. So it's affirmation, so, sorry, go ahead.
0: I think the thing that's really important to remember about that too is acceptance is not the same as approval.
2: Absolutely. Obviously, and I, I think that's where a lot, and yeah. And yeah. the problem is when I don't make that distinction, Tara, what my kids experience is rejection. Yes i think i'm disapproving of a choice they've made or behavior that they've exhibited but what they feel is rejection of the person yep and i have to make that's my responsibility as a parent to make that clear
0: thank you for that up.
2: oh thank you the third thing i teach dads is affection and oh so many of us dads are not good at this even with our wives (laughs) right we, yep. Because we didn't, we didn't get it. We just don't understand how much love is communicated through a touch. You know, too many of us men are, sure, I love you. Of course I love you. Mm-hmm. Well, then why don't you ever touch me? And I try to drive home with my kids, with my, uh, the men I work with, what I do with my own kids. I mean, I've got boys, and now I've got teenage boys, and they still, we touch all the time. My kids still sit on my lap when we're watching movies. My oldest son, who's 15, he'll come plop down right next to me, and he lifts up the back of his shirt while we're watching a movie. And he wants me to put my hand and scratch his back or, you know, give him a little massage while we're watching. He calls it my special stuff. He says, Dad, do your special stuff. And I kind of (laughs) just knead his muscles with my fingers, you know, because he's an athlete, and he gets sore at night. He wants me to rub his calves. So yeah. I'm constantly touching my boys and roughhousing with them. It's a wonderful way to, to demonstrate affection man to son, you know, as your kids get older. My kids always want to roughhouse and wrestle and they want to be touched. And as long as it's not in a overly rough or uh injury sort of way, mm-hmm. roughhousing can be wonderful with boys. But I'm constantly teaching dads to both physically and verbally show affection. To your sons and your daughters tell them don't just love them by providing tell them how much you love them and show them with a tender touch an appropriate kiss an arm around the shoulder brushing your daughter's hair rough housing with your boys fist bumping chest bumping playing games that are physical like thumb wrestling my kids love that anything where you can touch communicate that our kids are lovable and they deserve the kinds of relationships that are going to be good for them in their future.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I see so many dads, Keith, that have a really hard time with that touching Mm -hmm. and speaking part because it seems wimpy or, you know, he's not going to have a thick skin or I want him to be tough or whatever. And the thing is, I love that you're including things like fist bumping and and chest bumping and thumb wrestling because here's the thing. If it's, if it's difficult for you, start off small and grow from there, you know, (laughs) but you've got to start.
2: You're absolutely right. And Tara, you know, because, you know, we know each other. You've seen me, you know, in person, I'm a big guy. I'm I'm 6'2", 205 pounds. Um, I won the national championship playing rugby at the University of California. You know, I'm not a, you know, it's an advantage to me when I stand in front of men and even in prison. Uh, I don't look like a wimpy guy. Right. And so for me, a big, you know, strong man who is an athlete and for me to say, This is how I touch and kiss and hold hands with my boys, it's a huge uh advantage to me and I can make a real impact and say, Dad, you can do this. This is not sissy stuff. That's this so is real fathering. Awesome.
0: Keith, can you believe our time is gone already? Oh, yeah. And I know it flies by. But you have given us so much information in such a short period of time. I can't thank you enough. This was such a wonderful show and thank I you, want you to know that I appreciate you and I love what you're doing for fathers and you know you you're just the greatest dad on the planet. So thank you for joining oh. us for Dad Day. And Thank I you, hope. <laughs> and join us next week when we're going to be talking with Peter Shankman from Harrow. Can you believe it? Okay. So have a
1: great Please week and keep playing, everybody. Your own. Love unconditionally. Give freely. Laugh. Oh. Learn daily. Grow immensely. And of course.